You're listening to Music You're Missing. My name is Brendan Gennetti, and today we have maybe my favorite guest of all time, my close personal friend and the opener of Acoustic Night Out. It is Rachel King. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. I'm so excited you're here. You brought along a friend. What's his name? It's Lettuce Pig. Oh, Lettuce Pig. Yeah. I, I think it's actually it kind it's of more a ca- of a cabbage. It's a cabbage pig, but I don't think that that flows for mm. me as well. Lettuce Pig is actually pretty it's funny. It's just Lettuce Pig. <laughs> Thanks for, for joining. I, I, of course, wanted to recap kind of the flyer night that was Acoustic Night Out. But before that, we got we to gotta give the listeners a chance to get to know you. Mm. So, Rachel King, tell me a little bit about yourself. When did you start singing and songwriting? I started singing, I don't even know, I was probably like two. I just would sing everything, what I was doing, um, Disney princess movies, that was my jam. Yep. I... My parents put me in piano lessons at a really young age, but I got kicked out because I just would not play. I would just sing the whole time. And so they were like, I think maybe she should go to voice lessons and never come back here again. Um, so that's when that started. I started Wait, so you got voice sing. lessons? Yes. Oh, I had no clue about that. I was in voice lessons from like first grade until I kind of quit in high school did you have like a goal when you were doing that were you like trying to become famous or just no it was like really singing? my parents way of like keeping me interested in something because yeah. it's kind of hard um and they were fun but i had to sing like you know broadway musical shows and i just kind of had people yelling at me to enunciate and it was <laughs> just like a lot so finally i stopped doing that and i was more like singing my own songs and stuff like that Wait, that's cool. Yeah. So, like, when were you writing? Maybe not, like, writing, you know, like, silly songs as a kid. But when were you like, all right, I'm, like, actually turning my emotions into a song right now? Well, I didn't really write anything for real until college. But in high school, I used to, like, sit in my dad's office. And remember Audacity? Did you ever use oh, that yeah, to, like, course. record shit? I used to find instrumental versions of, like, Taylor Swift songs. <laughs> and, like, record them and then record harmonies over them. And I would do that for hours. And I would send them to all my friends. And most of them were like, sweet. <laughs> but yeah, a but couple you were, of them you, thought it was cool. You were actually good, though. So that's, like, different, like, when I used to do it. Like, I, well, I did Audacity actually with podcasts. Oh. So think about, like, a, a 14-year-old podcast who has no training versus someone like you. Who Listen, I've seen some of your, like, interviews at that age. <laughs> you were part of them. Specifically the one that you did as, like, a project. <laughs> and you had really big hair. And you were, like, giggling the entire time. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite clips. I don't know. I think maybe you should show the world. The <laughs> they, they've seen it too many times. That actually brings up a, a great question, though, because or a, a great point, rather, because we've known each other. It's kind of crazy to think about. But I think we were talking about the other day. I think maybe I was 19. I mean, I'm 27 now. So that's eight years. Yeah, we've known each other a long time. That's kind of wild. And I don't think about, like, being on the street team as, like, that long ago because I think of it as, like, my post-college, like, introduction into work, but that was, yeah. it was a long time ago. Yeah. Like, I joined the street team in 2015. And for those listening at home, the street team <laughs> is, in fact, the iHeartRadio promotional street team where Rachel and I yeah. met on my very first day of work. Yeah. It, I, she, I won't repeat it, but she said something hilarious, and I was mm. like, you are going to be my friend. Yeah, I have, like, these outbursts, and <laughs> you can blame it on, like, my ADHD or whatever, <laughs> but I just kind of say things that come to my mind. Um, but it made us friends i think yeah no. where it could have gone the other way with someone else yeah i mean i could have went to hr and reported <laughs> you but instead i was like yeah it's that's my friend to uh, be clear <laughs> i wasn't hitting on you <laughs> so i actually have a question for you that i was thinking about on the drive here that i'm surprised i never asked you 
Um, and and maybe I'm putting Timothy together with you talking about getting vocal lessons and whatnot. How did you end up working at iHeart? Like, were you trying to get your music heard or? No, I actually never thought of music as a career in any way at all. It was, it's weird. I think I was always really nervous to sing in front of people. It was really hard for me. So I always loved it. And I, it was something that I enjoyed. And I would like sing with my dad all the time. We, my dad used to play piano, guitar. I couldn't play an instrument. So I would just sing with him and I would sing to my friends, but it was never like, oh, you should do this. And even like in college, I was like, oh, I love journalism. I love media. But I was never like, oh, you don't have to sing to be in the music industry. Yeah. You can actually like do other things. It just kind of like fell into my lap through journalism. And yeah. I had a friend that knew Tony in the digital department <laughs> at iHeart. <laughs> and guy. I basically like harassed my way into an interview. And I was like, wow, why did I never consider working in music at all? Yeah. But obviously, like since then, I haven't wanted to leave the music industry. So. So when you were at iHeart, did you ever think, because I've, I personally, like when I met you and I knew you could sing, I was like thinking about this on behalf of you, but were you ever like, oh, I can use this like to play gigs or have these people listen to my music at all? Honestly, never. Like I was, the vibe there was very much like, I felt like if I let people know that I sang, it would actually be a bad look on my part. Like it would show that maybe I was there to like promote myself instead of like work my way up in the industry. So I didn't so tell a lot of people, like obviously my friends that I was close with on the yeah. street team, like I would be singing the whole way there and <laughs> be like, Oh, I just wrote this song, but I kept it pretty low key for a while. And then I probably worked there for four years and they were looking for someone to play this like sales thing. And so they booked me to play once they found out that I could sing. And I was like, this could be really awesome. Yeah. And then it was like March of 2020 oh. and I did great. It was a great thing. And then, you know, the world shut down and then we all got laid off. But <laughs> I just was kind of like, <laughs> that was tough. Yeah, no, I, because I, I, obviously I, I, when I was there, I definitely was very selfish and trying to like boost my own career. And I like, wish I was more space. like that. Cause look at you now. Well, that, uh, speaking of being along for the ride, I don't. I feel like you might not even remember this, but do you remember you came all the way to UMass Amherst for my local public access Why would I television this? show? <laughs> of course, I remember. It was so that fun. That was so funny. I, I wish I, I on the way here, I was like, oh, I gotta listen to that interview. Like, talk to her about it. I, I didn't. <laughs> I totally forgot. But that was hilarious. That I, we were just on the local public access network of Amherst, of Amherst. in like Greater. <laughs> Berkshire County, Massachusetts. That was so fun, though. We did something after that. I just remember driving around in, like, the snow. And I don't know that we ended up anywhere. No, probably not. There's not I a lot. There's not a whole heck of a lot to do in Amherst, Mass. <laughs> but I had just written Blue or something. Yeah, and you played that, and you played um, Paper Lanterns. Is that what it's oh, called? Oh, yeah. On that one. And I remember this is actually, uh, this might be weird to say, but I remember we were talking about it, and you were like, yeah, it was about my friend who, like, passed away yeah. and at the time i was not like comfortable on the microphone so i was like so awkward i was like fuck what do i say <laughs> what do i say to that like sorry well, i don't blame you you're like oh <laughs> it's like this bitch so i invite her all the way here starts making me awkward about her dead friend um no i'm kidding we well, don't write um, a song about your dead friend unless and play it unless you expect to get asked about it so. <laughs> i only can say that because we're friends now um but that's on yeah. soundcloud and i have that were we not friends then? <laughs> no but why like, the fuck am i driving amherst <laughs> you're, you're in it for the ride now <laughs> Um, all right, but fast forward to now, uh, what's your gig experience like? Because obviously you played Acoustic Night Out, mm -hmm. but like, what are we doing? Are we are we playing more shows? I hope so. I feel like I'm 
largely someone who, like, I love to write songs. It's so fun. But then I get kind of, I write the song, and I'm like, this is great. And I'll send it to, like, two to three people, like, mm. my go-tos. And then I'm like, okay, moving on. And my work life is so busy. Yeah. So many things are occurring that I feel like I let that kind of get lost. But then I'll go through phases where I'm writing a lot, maybe go to some open mics. Before COVID, I feel like I was starting to play a lot more. I had those events at CBS, the yeah. like rooftop. And those were like pretty consistent. And then I booked that I Heart thing. But then COVID happened and I was like, okay, you know, two years, I didn't really do much. So it was hard for me to like build back up. So yeah. then I got a really intense job again in radio. So again, kind of like you're not really focusing on your music. You're focusing on everything Other else. People's, yeah. And then you got a ring on the finger. <laughs> yeah. And like planning a wedding and everything else. But I think that your text to play this acoustic night out came at like a really good time because it was hard for me to like play my own songs because I wasn't like when you write a song two years ago and you don't really like play it for a while, you're in a completely different place than you were when you wrote it. Yeah. So like I was kind of avoiding my own songs. And then I was like, oh, Brendan wants me to do this thing. And I was like, is he sure? But the more and more I practiced and played them, it almost like gave me more confidence to be like, you know, these are actually pretty good. And it's okay if you're not in that same place you were when you wrote it, because it's like all a part of your journey, I guess. Yeah. I mean, well, I think it's really interesting, too, because like you don't your music's not published, like it's not out. Mm. So those songs really just exist like in your apartment, which is kind of wild to me. Like that's that's really special to have. Um, But yeah, it must be like tough to like polish it off and be like oh shit I actually do I even like this enough to play it out I know it's hard because like I've I've tried to record a couple songs and I have met some really amazing people that have helped me but I think it's been hard for me to like vocalize exactly like the sound I want the vibe I want yeah and then at that point it's a little expensive and hard to make all that happen and you realize how many hours it takes and there was a point where I was just like okay yep I like this (laughs) I don't want to do this anymore and now I'm kind of thinking that like one of my songs should sound a whole different way Mm -hmm. and to record it and to like find the space to do it, the time, the money, it's, it's a lot. So, so when you got the text, obviously you were, you were down kind of immediately, but you had to like prepare a set list. So as I was saying, like they, they only exist for you. So you technically have the freedom to, to change it up how you want. Did you go back and, and change some of your stuff? So I had done that, um, kind of like the year before I met a guy um, at an open mic who works at Berkeley. He's a songwriting professor. His name is George Woods. He's the best. Um, and he was like, hey, I'd be happy to take a look at some of your songs and you know, we can work on them together. And so we had this deal where I would babysit his two-year-old in exchange for songwriting classes. Um, I, first of all, I love music <laughs> because that's like the only industry where you're like still bartering to this I day. <laughs> I know. Because I was like, George, I don't think I can afford you and all of your production because he's amazing. Like he's a Berkeley professor. Um, and we worked on Blue and we worked on Fresh Fruit and I loved it. But it was hard. Like, you know, he was a dad to a toddler. Like we would meet once a week. But then it was like we were like retracing our steps and then trying to find the right sound. And yeah. You know, we didn't end up um, finishing everything, but it's still like we rewrote the songs in like such a m- amazing way. But I hadn't played any of those like rewritten versions out. So it was hard for me to like break my habits and the way I used to play them and like relearn yeah. them. But 
I'm so glad that I took the time to practice and relearn them because now the songs are so much better. And you freaking killed it at uh, Acoustic Night Out. I had many people tell me that uh, you were their favorite set of the night. That's so sweet. I mean, that's amazing. I was really nervous for sure, but it was such a good crowd. It was a great crowd. It was like, I forgot to plug my guitar in and everybody laughed at me, but not in like a mean way. They were like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> You're fine. And I feel like when I was like singing, I was looking at the audience and they were like listening to me, which is so weird to me. They were I've super attentive. Really only played in bars where they're like, please just play chicken fries. Yeah. And I'm like, oh God. So it was, it was really nice to be in an environment like that. And I mean, I kind of knew it was going to be really chill because, you know, your people, like the music you're missing people are pretty amazing. They all love music. They all love songwriting. Like Simon Robert French is such an incredible songwriter. Yeah. That like the people that he was bringing in, I'm sure weren't going to be like upset that I was singing sad songs. No, no. They you know? wanted to cry. Yeah, exactly. There was one lady who said to him during his set to use her tears to hydrate. That was real? Because I heard about that, but I thought that was real. Yeah, no, that was real. And she was, like, just a fan that bought tickets, like, through... She, I, I talked to her. She just found it through Can TikTok. Can we find her and put her on She the was podcast? the best. No, she was the best. <laughs> and when people were talking, like, because sometimes, like, people would talk during sets. It is what it is. It's at a bar. Yeah. And um, she would shush them. And I was like, hell yeah, oh, you're I the best. I know who she is. Yeah. Well, I got... I took a... We, or Josh took some photos of her, and I, I put it out on Instagram, too, so... See, that's <laughs> Hopefully so she doesn't mind. I love that for her. <laughs> it was awesome. She should, she should. You should hire her to come to all of your like acoustic. <laughs> yeah, just a paid fan so that we can sell out every event. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So all in all, it was a, a great experience. Sold out night. Um, Sold lazy. Out. Simon Robert French did an amazing job. Yeah. You did an amazing job. Are you ready for Acoustic Night 2.0? I'm definitely ready. I just feel like when it's something that you're doing, I know that it's like it's gonna be chill. It's gonna be yeah. fun. And people aren't going to boo me. So. <laughs> no, people aren't going to boo you. I will bring 37 fake candles in my salt lamp. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, blow up the balloons yourself mm. and all of that. Yeah. There, there are definitely so many things that I do for these shows that I don't need to be doing and, like, that no one cares about, but I will always fucking do. No, but, but the vibes are important. Yeah. Like, when we did that... Like festival. Oh my god, we haven't even talked about that. So Rachel played our our very first event ever. We so music you're missing. Here's a little back story for those that are listening that don't actually know us in real life. Um, podcast. But I wanted to start throwing events, but I was fucking scared because I had to like fund it myself, and yeah, I have this scary. huge fear. Fair fear fair, whatever. I have a huge fear that uh, it's going to tank and then my reputation's going to go down and I won't be able to do anything. So I was like, it's I don't want to... like singing in front of people. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't want to do our first event at like a real venue because I just wasn't ready. I think I was like 24 or 25 at the time. So I was just talking to my friends who are like the biggest hippie, <laughs> They're tranquil, so zen people, <laughs> Emerald and Amber, shout out. Yeah. And they were like, let's do a little music festival in our backyard and do it for charity. And mm -hmm. I was like... Yep, say no more. Like, I got it. Like, this is the perfect way to do it. And I, of course, you were the first person I reached out to. And it was such a vibe. And you killed it, obviously. It was beautiful. It was such a vibe. There was tapestries everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like, it was a little stage. Everyone was selling their art. Yeah. Like, and it was a beautiful day. And it was so low stress. I think that's the most at ease I've ever been. <laughs> it was so anywhere. fun. It was awesome. So I think if that's your first event, then, you know, it the can The rest really is going to get better. Yeah. And the acoustic night out was just perfect. I think that, like, you were so good at, like, picking out artists 
and picking out vibes that like match each other. Hey, I'll be darned. I appreciate it. <laughs> Rachel King. <laughs> Rachel King. Rachel King. For the people who might just be learning about you from this podcast or potentially saw your live set and want to get to learn more about you, where can they find you on the social media and the internet? Um, Rachel K with, I think, three E's and um, K-A-Y. I just, you know, haven't done much on my personal socials to plug myself musically, but, you know, maybe I'll get around to I that I think that's eventually. what I respect the most about you, <laughs> yeah. is you're just, pl- you're just in music because you love music. You're not trying yeah. to be the next anything. You just you know, kind of are. For those of you who don't know who Lori McKenna is, she's, like, an incredible songwriter. She's very well known in Nashville, and she's, like, won a bunch of Grammys, and she just, like, lives in Stoughton in a house with her husband and kids, and she's so normal. But she wrote Girl Crush. She wrote Humble and Kind. She just, like, plays. She did this tour called um, the House Party Tour, like, when I was growing up. She would just go to people's houses and put on these shows. And she has, like, so much clout. She's an incredible songwriter. But she's just, like, chilling. And that is my goal. Because she's just chilling everywhere and then gets to go to the Grammys and be like, yes, I did write Humble and Kind for Tim McGraw. I had no clue that she was local. She, Yeah, she's amazing. I've been listening to her since I was a kid, and so my mom has taken me to see her like 10 times. Wait, that's awesome. I had no clue. Yeah. All right, Lori, coming on Music You're Missing Goals when? to meet Lori McKenna. All right, Rachel King, I'll see you at the next event, Acoustic Night 2.0, to be announced soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>